seven-yard touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Big Keith Trailer, look at him rumble. Utter punts crashing into your end zone for a brand new episode. 100% prediction rate last week. Show me the money, Jerry. Show me the money. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Touchdown! No! No! 24-yard attempt. Oh, he hits the upright. It's no good. Derek Johnson, the all-time leading tackler in the history of the Chiefs. Utter Punts is an NFL podcast made by UK fans of the National Football League. We're blitzing the conversation all season. I'm journalist and Giants fan Liam Bradford, and I've got two more Utter Punts alongside me. Vikings man Dave Keane joins us from Birmingham. Hello all, 7-1, flowing along, back of the dying. Happy days. Alongside me here in Manchester is Ravens fan Dan. Yeah, so five out of five last week gives us 80% on the year, which according to Jim Irsay means we're the top most quartile of the uppermost quartile of addiction companies. Fantastic. Thank you. We're the most winningest, I think. Uh, coming up, big game reviews, a look ahead to week 10, our utter punts of the week, and we'll help you make some money with our bet builder. Thanks for being with us, you utter punt. Hello, yes, welcome along to Utter Punts, episode 11 as we roll towards week 10 of the NFL season. Um, As you can probably hear, my voice is absolutely knackered today, so um, for various reasons, I'll be doing the bare minimum. Um, Only one of those reasons is that my voice is knackered, the rest of the reasons are that I can't be asked. Uh, So, uh, hello Dave, how are you? I'm alright, thanks mate. I had a pretty good Sunday this week. Yeah, we we all had a pretty good Sunday this week, didn't we? Mm-hmm. All of our picks came in. Yeah, that did. was it. That's all that went on. Yeah. Uh, also, at the pub this week, Dan, we heard reports that uh, not only were there people in there that were listening to Utter Punts, but we selected right, and they started by chanting... Punts, punts, punts. I'll drink in their free punts, beer, punts, which is wonderful. Punts, punts, Yeah. I love yeah. a bit of that. Uh, that is how we roll on Utter Punts. Absolutely brilliant to hear that. Um, shall we start where we always do and with the headlines? Uh, another coach gone? Yeah. Mm. So Frank Wright's been sat by the by the Colts. I think we, we we sort of saw it coming when they when they moved on from Matt Ryan, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago. It was a, a fairly desperation move. It, it, it's starting to look more and more like the, 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 the owner of this team is taking making some decisions based over the GM. I think he's... Reports coming out there now that he's sort of selected the quarterback and he's sort of sacked Frank Reich and gave him a couple of weeks grace with with a different quarterback. Um, I think they're running out of people to sack uh, at the moment <laughs> and they're running out of sort of scapegoats. Um, Frank Reich was on a was on a short leash. It was it was Frank Reich that wanted to bring Carson Wentz into the Colts last year, um, and Ursay backed him with that. Um, I think Ursay would have sacked. Um, Frank Reich apparently he was really upset the way they dropped out the playoffs last year well they didn't get into them they they they, they lost to Jacksonville at home who we were trying to lose um, they didn't so they didn't make the playoffs and Wentz went and Frank Reich kept his job but it was never long term I don't think he he will get another job no doubt somewhere else I would think Dave I think if you're at Carolina you're probably lining him up I would think he'd be a, a great addition to them or the Texans or somewhere else but um, it's a shame he's a good guy and he think he knows what he's talking about but the the 
the decisions being made by the Colts are starting to look like a, a franchise that's going to be in disarray for about 10 to 15 years. Th- these decisions are, are, are crazy now. Well, the appointment I mean, of re- re- someone who's never bef- been a coach. Remember before the start of the season when we were doing our picks for the divisions, and I think we agreed that the Colts squad was yeah. far stronger than anyone else in their division. I mm-hmm. still stand by that. Their O-line, which barely changed in terms of personnel, has, has gone backwards. Um, and what's very interesting is the, the head coach that they have appointed now um, used to be their O-line consultant two years ago when they had the best O-line in the league. And yeah, I mean, just just smacks of Ursay trying to um, find a way to, to, to get the value out of his players. But I don't think firing the, the, the leader of the locker room, the man who came in when, was it McDaniels was off of a job and then at the last second pulled out That's of it right, for yeah. whatever reason. And then Frank Wright came in and, and you know, took on some of that staff that had already been put in place by McDaniels um, and, and, and got good results with that team. But for certain little alarm bells that should be ringing when it comes to roster building, uh, they took uh, Quentin Nelson, like who's possibly one of the top two guards in the in the league, but they took him with a, a top five overall pick. Um, that's not the value point for a guard. If you're going to do that, you really need to be kicking him outside to to tackle and trying him as a left tackle where he can have more of an impact on the game. Um, when when you're a guard, there's only so much you can do. They've got. Well, what's um, what's their linebacker's name now? It was Leonard, but I, I know yeah, it was Shaq Leonard, isn't it? But it's yeah, Darius Shaq, Leonard now, is da- it? Darius Leonard now, yeah. So yeah, it, it, I mean, he's one of the best linebackers in the league. They, they tend to do all right in, in the drafts, which is presumably why Ballard stayed. But then, like I say, I, I don't think they are picking that well, and I, I can't see Jeff Saturday um, really turning around their fortunes. Uh, be interesting to to see whether or not they actually get any more wins this year or if it is just a, an, a, an attempt by Ursay to get them to lose out and, and hopefully pick up one of the top quarterbacks in next year's league and then bring in the staff that he's after. I mean, it, I think, it, it feels like giving a mate a job. Yeah, and I think Jeff Saturday had no idea he was getting this job two weeks ago. He was on, he's been an ESPN analysis year. He's been very good and he's very well thought of, but he's been sort of ripping into the Colts a little bit and the Raiders and what have you. And, so we had no idea he was getting a, 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 a head coach's job in the next two weeks. He's never coached a professional game in his life. Oh, um, high school. And he's, and he's appointed, um, is it Parks Fraser? The he's, he's going to be the play caller for the Colts, who was Frank Wright's quality control guy two years ago. So uh, are they just lining up uh, a new GM and giving the new GM the number one overall pick? Is that what they're, is that what they're trying to do uh, to try and rebuild the roster? I mean, they've had six quarterbacks in. Five years. He, he announced that Ballard was going to be in place next year. It is Ballard, right? The coming GM. Chris Ballard, yeah. When, yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. Six days ago, he said that Frank Wright wasn't getting sacked as well. So I wouldn't. I, no, this, this guy's losing it. Jim Ursay took over from his dad. So Bob Ursay was the. Um, I only know because he was the he was the owner of the Baltimore Colts before they moved to Indianapolis. Okay, so, um, and he was renowned for being a sort of a bit of a, a bit of a firebrand owner. So he would walk down at halftime and threatened to fire the coach, threatened to pull the quarterback, and then at full-time would forget he said it. Um, and Jim Mercer, when he took over at Indianapolis, said, I'm, I've learned how not to be an owner. I've learned to sort of put it in the hands of people I trust and not be involved. And I just think he's losing that, and he's, he's far too involved in the decision-making. And I think they're, they're starting to look like a franchise that's going to be a bit brownsy for the next 10 or 15 years. It, these decisions could really have long-lasting implications. Is, um, is being a bit brownsy the same as being a bit spursy? 
Yeah, it's it's yeah, pretty but, much. Yeah. Uh, like that, yeah. Dave's going to disagree. No, no. Spurs might not win anything, but they tend to compete and have the odd little victory. Being a bit brownsy is more... It's more like Like, being blues. I was going to say... More like being being Birmingham City. City. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right, fair enough. If if there were relegation in the NFL, they'd definitely be in that position. Yeah. Let's, uh, Let's move on. Considering we're talking about coaches, I thought this was quite a nice one that Dan came up with a little bit earlier today. Halfway point, coach of the year votes. Who gets your vote for coach of the year? Um, I I think honourable mention for me goes to um, Brian Dayball, who's doing an absolutely magic job at at the Giants. Um, Right now, I don't think I can give him my full vote. I think that still has to go to Andy Reid, who again last week turned round and proved that there's nothing that he can't do against the Titans, a team that he was two and nine against up until last week. And he, he turned around that, that fairly magic victory, and albeit with the help of a star quarterback in Pat Mahomes. You're going to hear about that in the roundup. They were 15 point favourites, by the way. Yeah, 15 and a half. 15 and a half point favourites in that game. Yeah. Um, I, wrote, I wrote two down. I wrote Brian Dayball down because I think we, we mentioned... Um, one of the first podcasts we did, we, you asked the question, Liam, is, is it a good idea that he's not doing his own play calling? Remember, we had that discussion mm-hmm. and Dave, Dave and I sort of said, actually, it's probably a good idea that he's not so we can focus on the rest of the team. Now, they haven't added that much talent to that roster, I don't think. There's nobody, like, sort of Kayvon Thibodeau, I suppose, but they're not sort of jumping out as defensive rookies of the year or offensive rookies of the year, the people they've drafted. Um, so with the same level of talent, he's got them to be a real professional outfit. And I think... Mm-hmm. That's that's all coaching. That that's not recruitment. That's not anything else. That's that's just coaching, and that's just having the the locker room, having the the all round team. So I think he gets a vote from me. I thought you were going to pick him though, so I picked Mike McDaniel from the Dolphins, um, because although they yeah they have they have spent a bit of money, but he was a a real project coming in, and he's a real character. He's a real sort of different sort of human being that we normally get as an NFL head coach. And I like it. Um, if you think the turmoil that the Dolphins had pre-season with losing draft picks for tampering and their owner being fined and not allowed near the, the near the franchise and all the stuff they've had this year with Tua, they've had three different quarterbacks, they've had to negotiate all of that with three different playbooks, um, and they're six and three and and they look a real threat. Um, and you get his interview on Sunday after the game where he's did you see the thing where he's pulling Justin Fields to one side in the in the Chicago game starting to stop stop scrambling because he didn't he didn't have a defensive game plan for it. <laughs> that was funny. Pulling stop him it. on the sideline. <laughs> and he said, Why did you ask him to stop it? He said, Well, I didn't have a plan for it. So I just asked him to stop. And I just think, you know, I just think in this in this sort of this modern age of NFL, having someone that just speaks like that, I think he's just refreshing. So he'd get my vote behind Dave, I think. Okay. Uh, you know. Yeah, um, so there's two candidates that come to mind for me. I'm going to give the honourable mention first. That's Pete Carroll. Uh, I think everybody expected to see Hawks to be struggling this year. They're going into it without Russell Wilson, who was meant to be doom and gloom. Somehow they seem to have had a very similar draft to when they they got the Legion of Boom in, and their their defence is looking pretty exceptional. And at the same time, the offence is rocking. Pete Carroll's done a great job. But there's only one winner of this for me. There was a team that was... (laughs) <laughs> no, not going to be making it the playoffs for the team that was going to be, you know, potentially getting pushed down by resurgent other teams in their division. There was a coach who came in who had a quarterback that you can't win with. I know you can't win with this quarterback. He came in and built a coaching staff, which is proving to be very effective. More than anything, he's turned Kirk Cousins 
a man who constantly collapsed under pressure into a quarterback who has led four fourth quarter comeback wins this season. We've lost one game. That was to the Eagles. In that game, we actually dropped two passes. Irv Smith Jr. could have made a game of it. He failed. Irv Smith Jr. is no longer our number one tight end. Uh, that's Hawkinson. Um, he got brought into the team, barely knows the playbook, got nine catches on Saturday. That's how you use a new weapon. Um, he basically knew what his own weaknesses were. He brought in a clock management specialist who tells him what to do at the end of games. Against Washington at the weekend, they bled the clock down from 1 minute 28 down to 12 seconds to kick the winning field goal instead of taking seven points from the one-yard line. Kevin O'Connell's the coach of the year. It doesn't really matter to me where it goes from here. The fact of the matter is he's turned Kirk Cousins from an absolute laughing stock in, in the eyes of many to someone who, if you watch now, He's being himself. He's been some kind of weird, quirky parody of himself, which seems to be working with the locker room. And that's all because of one man. Kevin O'Connell is the coach of the year and everybody else just isn't measuring up. So they're playing on prime time again anytime soon. Play, playing uh, playing for Bills on as a feature game uh, every weekend, right? Don't need to worry too much about prime time anymore. Confidence is there, mate. We've got Sedaria Smith. <laughs> Should be the comeback player of the year, I think. You know, year out injured, comes in, leaves the NFL in pressures, leaves the NFL in sacks. No one's even mentioning him. Happily under the radar as a 7-1 and one team with a head coach who's better than Hold, yours. Why did he pick the Packers to win the division then? Hold on to your preview because it's coming up very shortly. Here on Utter Punts. Don't forget to uh, like, subscribe, share with a friend. We would love to hear from you too. Uh, we're hearing from more and more of you actually on all of the socials, but it would be really good if you could just send us a message. If you've got something that you want to talk about, if you've got a headline that you think that we should be discussing, or even a talking point from the NFL, drop us a line either on Twitter or on Instagram. At Utter Punts UK on Instagram, at Utter Punts Pod on Twitter. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Uh, I don't know whether we uh, have mentioned this, and I'm sure we won't mention it again because we're a humble lot here at Utter Punts. I've got to say, we we make sure that we, um, you know, really humble in our approach. Modest, modest. Yeah, modest. Absolutely yeah. right. Hundred percent in the picks last week, boys. Hundred percent. Uh, week nine in the NFL. Don't you forget, we nailed every prediction. Here it is, all wrapped up. First stop, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Houston Texans, 8-0. The Philadelphia Eagles have reached that milestone for the first time in their franchise history. A 29-17 win over the Texans for them this week. To be fair, the Texans gave it a really good tilt, but Jalen Hurts, 243 yards for two touchdowns, overcame the slow start for the win. Hurts is no stranger to an 8-0 start, though. He did that with Alabama in his freshman year, and the result of that season for Alabama? They lost the championship final. Something he hasn't forgotten. Yeah, it's, um, I know it's special for the, for, the, for the city of Philadelphia, you know, and... I mean, I've, I've been 80 no before and, and, and lost the national championship, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, just take it day by day, you know what I'm saying? Take it day by day. Uh, we we haven't accomplished anything yet, you know, and it's just a, it's a day by day thing of us controlling things we can, playing to our standard, and um, 
trying to grow every day. I think that's truly what it's about. Miami Dolphins at Chicago Bears next. I know the lads take the piss out of me for my perceived soft spot for the Bears, but my real soft spot is for Justin Fields. And let me tell you, he came pretty close to upsetting the odds in a 35-32 win for the Dolphins. It took two as three touchdowns and Tyreek Hill's 143 receiving yards to overcome a record rushing effort from the Bears. Fields managed 178 rushing yards. That's the most ever scored in the regular season by an NFL quarterback. He crowned that with a touchdown and three more thrown into the end zone. The first player since at least 1950 with at least 150 yards rushing and three touchdown passes in a game. Probably fair to say that neither defense did an awful lot to stop the other side. Rams at Bucks next, and oh my, Tom Brady, just when people thought it might be all over, you come up with a 60-yard drive ending with a one-yarder with nine seconds to play to end your longest losing streak in 20 years. A 16-13 comeback win. The Rams' fourth-quarter nightmares keep on coming, sure, but let's just listen to how much Tom Brady enjoyed passing 100,000 career passing yards and that last two minutes. That was awesome. That was awesome. How much does this team need an emotional win like that? Uh, we needed it. We needed it. We got it. We fought to the end. Defense played great. Made some plays offensively. Um, you know, I know we left a few out there, but it's a t you know it's a team's tough team. So uh, got some great players. Glad we won. Is that what you thought when you when you left the field and had your fist pumped in the air? This is effing awesome. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. That's why we play to get out there and win and give it all your got, all you got. Everyone was tired, threw the threw the ball a lot, pass protected against you know one of the great players of all time. Um, so guys made a lot of plays. It was great to see. The Tennessee Titans at Kansas City Chiefs and the Chiefs win 2017. Pat Mahomes, here we go again. He threw the ball nearly 70 times in this game. He finished 43 of 68 with 446 yards and a touchdown in the air. He also rushed for the tying score and a two-point conversion. Trust me when I say they needed every bit of that magic as well because the Titans were not messing around, especially Derrick Henry, who finished the game with 115 yards and two touchdowns despite getting no help at all from Malik Wills, who was in for the injured Ryan Tannehill. And finally, Baltimore Ravens at New Orleans Saints and Lamar Jackson silences the Superdome. That would have been my headline. A 27-13 win that saw jumping cuts and pirouettes from Jackson in sharp juxtaposition with Justin Houston, who walked off after his third straight multiple sack game and an interception for good measure. The Ravens atop of the AFC North with a game advantage, and when you consider they converted nine of 15 third downs and had a possession stat of over 37 minutes, you can start to understand why playoff form from the Ravens. Yeah, so um, we didn't do a bad job there, really, did we? Picked every single prediction that we made, Dan. I mean, you, you tried to pick the Saints, but I think that was just more to annoy me, which didn't work, and the, the Ravens won, so we're okay. We'll yeah, get no, I, I did do that, especially to annoy you. Yeah. There were a couple of closer ones than we anticipated in there, weren't there? I'm not quite sure we saw the Bears pushing the Dolphins quite that hard, and I'm not sure that we, we saw not, the though? Titans. I mean, we, we, when, when you I look at what our bet was... All you can see there 
is, I believe, the Dolphins minus two and a half points. And that came in. <laughs> well, the line, the line moved. So when we, we record this podcast on a Wednesday, and I think it's just, I want to make this sort of clear to people, the line... I don't really put the bet on until sort of Saturday or Sunday just because it, you're putting it on on a, on a Wednesday when you get the injury report on a Saturday seems a bit foolish. And I think we fell into that trap the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So we did. But by, so by the time I went to put the bet on, it was the line had moved from four to two and a half. And so we, we still went with that. But actually, thank God, because they won yeah. by three. Um, the line on the Titans had moved, um, but only to, to sort of 12.5 from 15. So it was Nuts. still it was still a fantastic option for us. And actually... Paid a little bit less back, but we yeah, yeah, it came in, which is nice. And I know a couple of people got on it as well, which is good. So um, I think the amount of points in that game was, we sort of didn't we, with the Bears losing all their defensive talent and, and investing in offense, it was going to be a bit of a shootout. And um, we said the Dolphins would win a tight game and they'd probably win a win a, an explosive game. And I think we were probably right. Well, we were right. They did. Yeah. Um, so I think probably the wisest thing to do is if you listen to the podcast on like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday before the game, definitely cast your eye over the socials before you get to putting your bet on on a Thursday or a Friday or a Sunday yeah. or whenever it is because we'll update you. If the line has moved, if something has changed, if the bet is no longer value for money, we'll let you know, uh, but we'll only let you know Probably first on Instagram. So yeah. at Utterpunts UK uh, on Instagram. Find us on there just to make sure that you absolutely get the right thing. Uh, Producer Andy has also uh, wanted, just wants me to make it clear that if you want to call Dave a punt online, you're more than welcome to do that as well. Yeah, yeah, great. I can pass that on. No, 100%. Uh, I'm, I'm more yeah. than happy with that. But repeatedly. Still, my head coach is better than yours and you know it. Oh, wow. I don't know about that. Well, I cannot oh, wait for this to come back and bite you on the arse in about five weeks' time when Kirk Cousins has gone full Kirk Cousins and thrown it all away for you. That'll um, just be Kirk. Sunday then. Yes. <laughs> Sunday I, I, about I, half eight then. What, 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 when, we, when we lose to Case Keenum, we're meant to be doing these later. Um, but, but, but that's not the point. O'Connell's great. Kirk is still Kirk, but he's kind of making Kirk quite great at the moment. I'm enjoying the ride. Yeah. Everybody should get on Flip board. Clip that up. Dave Keen has just said, kind of great. Kirk Cousins is kind of great. Is oh, have, you, have, have you seen the footage of him dancing on the plane? I don't care. The, the fact that we've it's you great. have come a long way. It's like personal progression. It's been a big journey it's for nice you, It's nice to Dave. see, isn't it? Yeah, it, it it's nice like to see. growth as a human being, and we appreciate it. I'm still, you know, writing a movie about what would really be his murder, but, you know, that's just for past. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's move on to the game preview, shall we? Starting Thursday night, Falcons at Panthers. Dan, how's this one going? Um, I think they only played each other a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I think the Panthers at that point threw absolutely everything at the Falcons and the Falcons won. Um, I can't see anything other than the Falcons win. The, the Panthers, I think, are, are in the sort of um, we're trying to lose camp. So This PJ, early? Yeah, PJ Walker will, will play, even though they pulled him at half-time. And it... I've looked into a little bit of Baker Mayfield's contract, so if and the trade with that. So if if Mayfield plays seventy percent of the first team snaps, the pick that Cleveland get goes from a fifth to a fourth. So I think Carolina are going to make it impossible for him to play. So PJ Walker will play. I think Sam Darnold's now come off IR, so he'd be the backup quarterback. Mayfield isn't going to play for the Panthers again unless they're absolutely desperate this year. Um, so you've got one team who actually are, are looking quite frisky and are looking like they. Could maybe try and take that division really, which is odd. But 
they look just about the most together team, certainly on offense, don't they? Um, Cardell Patterson's back this week. Oh, he's back last week, but not not one hundred percent. He's back this week. Um, I can't see anything the Panthers will do to to stop the Falcons, and I think the Falcons just outscore them, even though it's in Carolina. Yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield himself came out and said, "Yeah, for you know, for, I, I put twenty one points on the board, but it was garbage time. Uh, doing prevent defense, basically leaving room for him to pick his passes, but." It, uh, at least Baker got a little bit of practice in. I think you're right. It's going to take a, a couple of injuries and Darnold maybe being horrendous for, for, for Baker to get back in. Um, I, I, I like to think that, that Marcus Mariota might cock it up somehow, but I can't really see it. And uh, I always like to see teams that are trying to tank fail and accidentally win. Like Jacksonville yeah. amused the hell out of me. Was it last year? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I always enjoy that. Um, it's something to keep an eye out for. Like the the Lions picking up their win. Keep going, boys. Feels, feels like a fairly behave. It uh, feels like a fairly um, straightforward pick for everybody. This one, doesn't it? Uh, for, for me, it is. It's fairly. I think it's fairly straightforward. I, the line in this on points is only forty three, and I think it was thirty five all when they played two weeks ago. There's there's not a lot of defense in this. The Falcons are still struggle on the back end. Um, I'm not sure the Panthers will really hurt them that much, but Falcons can falcon a bit, especially on defense. So you could see some bombs coming out and some some sort of high scoring. I would go Falcons and maybe over 43 points would be the bet. Yeah, yeah, Falcons I, for me. I like think. that. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Dan's spot on there. No, no so, argument, not based on logic. So prediction all round is Falcons, Falcons, and Falcons, and the bet we think is Falcons and over 43. Yeah, you always take a bird over a cat team. <laughs> <laughs> What if it's an eagle? Oh, it works. Uh, yeah, take it still a, works. Take a bird, it up, always take a bird works. over a cat's team. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that's, that's brilliant logic. That brings us neatly on to the Seattle Seahawks, doesn't it, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Now, this has been made a little bit more interesting after Tom Brady went full Tom Brady and went 60 yards to chuck a one-yard completion into the end zone after a flag on the previous play to win his last game and break a skid the longest skid in his 20-year NFL career fairly incredible that being said Gino yeah it was incredible up to the point where they'd only scored nine points in the previous 59 minutes uh, against the Rams team that wasn't very good and kept giving them the ball back um you know fair play to, to Brady he did get them there but they'd failed on the drive before that and only were lucky to get the ball back for a second attempt at it which they did take um I think I think we could all agree the Rams aren't very good um, obviously they're not playing well uh, we'll come to that a little bit later um, they missed Kevin O'Connell well, there you go I think they missed something um, so the, the Seahawks are, are underdogs in this the, the, the Bucks are favourites and I think I don't know if people think the Bucks are playing at home they're not they're playing in Munich mm -hmm. uh, this is the the first sort of European non-London game so this is in Munich so the Seahawks and Bucks playing in Munich so it's not really a home game for the Bucks at all Um so I don't really see how the books are favourites, Dave. Um, I don't even, not against the Seahawks' defence. Um, the Faro line is just still so porous. They're, they're struggling to move the ball. But if, if the Bucks' defence can keep them in it, great. Um, and maybe they can, if they, if they can work out a way of, of putting Gino off his game. But for most of most games this year, he's been pretty spectacular. I think he's been a little bit wobbly too, uh, according to PFF grades. But yeah, it, it seems to be a Seahawks victory to me. Um, I can't 
I mean, Brady motivated and Brady with a little bit more headspace last week, obviously managed to produce a win, but the team were in it for him. Um, Travelling over to, to London. It's a different kind of build-up and it won't feel like a home game and the, the, the crowd won't be as noisy or they'll be equally noisy. So, yeah, I, I, I can see... I can see the Seahawks running away with it a little bit, to be honest. I think I think the books, uh, I think the solid Seahawks have struggled in games where they've not been able to run the ball very well. So they struggled massively against the 49ers in that game, if you remember when we mm. we, sort of, we sort of picked the 49ers. But Kenneth Walker's really come in since then and he's taken over the role since uh, Penny got injured and he's been he's been phenomenal. And what we have seen from the books is that they can't stop the run. The Ravens just gassed them two weeks ago and they beat the Rams because the Rams... I've basically got Dave at running back. I mean, they're, they're, I think that there was no rushing attack at all. So the Seahawks Whoa. will run. The ball. <laughs> I think the Seahawks will just run all over them. I think this will be a massive, a massive statement win for the Seahawks because I don't really still take them that seriously as in the long run. But I, I take them more seriously than I take the books at the moment. And their their strength of that running that ball and controlling them with that defense, I think will will just overpower the books. I don't think the books will be able to stay with them. Um, there is still an element in my head of Tom Brady after a win back in a decent headspace, not on this five game slide. Is there something that maybe Tom Brady can pull out of the bag here, but it is only at the back of my head. And I had initially sort of thought to myself that the Seahawks should win this one. I mean, where's the value in this? I mean, you you, you can get as much, the, the equal value of the, the Seahawks plus four and a half points are the books to win. Now I know which one I'd take. Um, give, give me the Seahawks plus the points all day long. Um, yeah. I, I don't see why the books are favourites, other than the fact they've got Tom Brady, who hasn't played well all year. No, I, I agree. The four and a half points to the Seahawks is ridiculously good value. I'd take it all day long. Fair enough. So we're going all three of us Seahawks then? Yeah. All right. There's the prediction locked in. Um, so on to Sunday at six o'clock. What's the deal with the pub at the Nook and Broom this week, Dan? Uh, we're going to go touchdown scorer again. So uh, what we can do is either do the Bucks Seahawks game and the Bills Vikings game, or we can do the later game, which is um, Packers and Cowboys. What do you think? I think later game. I think later game, just because it might be slightly easier for us to pick. I think it's probably slightly more of an NFL crowd at that point as well. Yeah, <laughs> easier to pick. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, uh, I've put the pressure on you two now, haven't I? Um, beautiful. Uh, let's start with the six o'clock game. We'll talk about the nook and broom in just a second. If you don't know what we're talking about, stand by. We will do it in just a mo. Given that it's Vikings at Bills, go on then, Keno. How do you see this one going? Uh, I see Case Keenum and Stefan Diggs combining for a touchdown to, to break Vikings' hearts due to two interceptions thrown by Cousins. <laughs> but I'm hoping that's just the, the, the old pessimistic man. In reality, the Vikings will prove to have too much uh, for a Josh Allen-less Buffalo Bills. He, he's not going to play. Not with the injury he's got. He, he's basically probably out for four weeks if he's back before then. Mm. So... Uh, I think if it's Cash Kenan, we win. Uh, and I'll be more than happy with that. Uh, if it's Josh Allen, just with his legs alone, he presents so many problems. But even if he can only flip it down the field, he'll probably find something. So I'm I'm gonna go gonna go with the Vikings. I'm provided over Josh Allen isn't playing. And apparently I'm to get off the fence. You that's very nice. Producers in a mood. 
I think I think Josh Allen will play. I think looking at the last play of the last game, even though it was interception, it was a about an eighty-yard bullet out of his right arm. So I don't think there's much wrong with it. it um, the, mate, the the based, based on what it apparently is, that particular tendon, even if it's a sprain, it's a four-week injury to heal. If he tries to play with it, he can maybe strap it up and start throwing from his hip more, but it's going to be a restricted motion if he does. It's not going to heal unless he rests it. Producer Bell, can we get like the casualty theme tune every time we get Dr. Dave in the house? Mate, Just every time he injuries, makes some kind of... It's important... I know it that, is. I know it that, is. but you make such great diagnoses that I just think that, um, you know, a bit of oxide and neutrino and bam for the reload would be absolutely perfect every time you speak. <laughs> it, um, he wants to rub some sulfur and iodine in it. That's what he wants to do. <laughs> I think, I think Alan not, Alan not being in the game would make a huge difference. I'm, I'm sure it would. For me, the the matchup I'm looking forward to in this is the, is the Bills front, which is top class. I mean, it's top top three in the NFL for sure, maybe top two, maybe the best um, against this Vikings line because we've not seen it really challenged since that Eagles game. And in that Eagles game, it, it did capitulate quite drastically. Um, and the Vikings have been on a fantastic run. They should be playing with a lot of confidence, but they've been beating up on some fairly terrible teams. Um, the Eagles, they ran Something into a bit of a bustle. always happens, which has helped us on this occasion. Yeah. It's Josh Allen's elbow going. Um, yeah. that, that's why I'm saying I think we win. Not if, if it was Josh Allen 100, percent I'd be delighted if we could stay within seven points of their place. Absolutely delighted. But if if we can't beat them with Coach Keenan, who is by the way five to six years after he threw the Minneapolis miracle, and you know gave gave me probably my happiest moment as an American football fan. I love the guy. He's a little legend. Um, so it's one of those. If, even if he beat us, I don't think I'd feel too bad about it. I just want to doff my cap and yeah. It's fine. I think, that's, I think that's the other thing, isn't it? That, that's going to come into play here is the home team crowd. So even without Allen, I think that defense with that crowd behind them, I, well, I just want to see it. I, I think I, we, I picked the Vikings to win the North. They've had little, a little less faith in his own team than I did, um, and they're five games ahead of the Packers. So that was that was a fair pick. But I'd like to see them just do it against a good team. So I don't care if it's Case Keenum. I want to see them against a good defense. Um, and I don't think they've played one since they played the Eagles. So if they go and they show me something against the offense, even if they lose, or even if they win against Case Keenum, I don't care. I want to see the Vikings offense against a good defense. I mean, on that, I'll make my picks for the rest of the rest of the season with them. If they get, if they struggle against this defense, then they're going to struggle in the postseason, and they're just a walking into they're a gonna, side into gonna, the playoffs. They're probably going to struggle against this defense. There's going to be too much interior pressure. Um, um... <laughs> Like, that, that, that just screams me that they, then they can't beat the Eagles, they can't beat the Cowboys, they can't beat the 49ers, so they're not going to get very far in the week, playoffs. Last weekend, Ezra Cleveland got a zero pass blocking grade from, from PFF. Which, <laughs> no, I, I'd like to say it's the first time I've seen it, but it isn't because oh, no. Pat Elfline, I believe, also did it when he was yeah. our centre. So. I remember that. Um, so I just, I, I, it's one of those games, I can't wait to watch it. I, it's not much of a betting opportunity, I don't think, and more so around the injury of, of Josh Allen. I, I think he probably will play, at, and um, Dave doesn't. But either way, I think it's just a game where we can learn a lot about something. Uh, two of the top teams in the leagues at the moment going up against each other, and it's it'll be really a, it's a show me, show me something game for me. I want to see what the Vikings do against a good defence. Don't care about the result. Uh, predictions? Uh, bills for me at home are pretty formidable with that defence. Yeah, I'd go Bills. Dave? I'm going to go with the Vikings because like, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to change the vote there. And uh, yeah, 
well, what I'll say is this. <laughs> I expect uh, I expect it to be closer <laughs> than you two think it will be. And if it is Josh Allen, uh, that's for Bill season over because he, he's going to ruin his arm. Just a, just a hint of aggression in that there, Dave. Just I, I, I kind of want Josh Allen to play. Um, and I feel a little bit guilty about it, but I'd rather the, the season ended with Josh Allen available to the Bills. 100%. He's a threat. Fair. Uh, I've had the Utter Punts legal team on the line. Uh, the <laughs> I'm not threatening team. him. No, the Utter Punts legal team have said, uh, we need to point out that you are not qualified at all to give any medical advice. So anybody considering following any medical advice provided by Dave Keane needs to... Um, needs to give themselves a good hard look in the mirror and su suggests it's probably not a great idea. Hey, hey, I've never claimed to be a medical expert. Merely a chemist. <laughs> Magic sponge type. <laughs> uh, Just solve for an ID, out. mate. You'll be right. Uh, solve web. for an ID. webs on it. Yeah, we'll be good. Uh, right, okay. So... This is what happens every week at the Nook and Broom in Bramall, which is just outside Stockport in Greater Manchester. For those of you that uh, like watching the NFL, want to find a new venue to watch the NFL in, the Nook and Broom is your place. Big screens everywhere, great food menu for the early games, absolutely spot on place, run by great people. The beer's fantastic. We cannot recommend it highly enough. Uh, we've already mentioned a couple of times the bottomless brunches in there are insane. And uh, if you're ever starting a, a full day out, it's a great place to do that. But uh, they are an NFL venue. They want to really push the fact that they're an NFL venue. So they give us a challenge. And if we get the challenge right, you get free beer. And that's as simple as it is. So essentially, we've got to pick an anytime touchdown scorer in the 6 o'clock and 9.25 games. If that scorer comes in, you get a free pint if you watch in the NFL in the nook and broom. It's that simple. That means we've got to pick an anytime Stefan Diggs touchdown scorer in the Vikings <laughs> Buffalo Bills game. Dan, who are you going for? I, I fancy throwing a curveball in here. So I, I'm going to say my vote doesn't go to Diggs, it goes to there being a pick six from Cousins or a fumble recovered by the Buffalo defense for a touchdown. Defensive touchdown, Bills. It goes Clutch Kirk and King Exactly. <laughs> I would be so happy with my pint watching that. Just anyway, I'd, we'll go with Diggs, shall we? Well, no, I, I, what, nah. what, Dave, what have you got for us? <laughs> well, would you be going with Diggs? There's no point in going with Diggs. He's going to get shot down by Patrick Peterson. No, it'll be Davis who scores a touchdown for the Bills. Going off against no corner because uh, Cam Dunster's currently out and we've probably got a fourth-round pick rookie in there. Um, so He seemed hmm. confident five minutes ago, didn't he? he yeah, what I, really, what I really want to do is pick Josh Allen for a rushing touchdown because I, I think that's where we're very vulnerable. Uh, quarterbacks who can scramble but I can't confirm that with him not guaranteed to play. So instead, I am going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson. Mm. Right. We've now got to pick one. Pick yeah. One, pick one, so, pick one, Stephon one, Diggs or defensive touchdown following interception or fumble recovery. <laughs> okay, we'll take mine out, shall we? Justin Jefferson. No, no, no. They're the three that we've got to well, pick hold, from. Hold, hold on a minute. With the venue, let us have... Both defences. So any special teams or defensive touchdown. I reckon he probably would, yeah, if it's um, a defensive touchdown. Well, that lets us take an entire field as opposed to individuals. So 
if they'll let us do that, let's go with that. The so defense. Any any team defensive touchdown. Yep. And or if or we special can't do teams. That, if the pop, or special teams. So if they teams. like a punt return, for yep. a touchdown, intercept, pick six, or a okay. fumble recovery, scored by the defense. If the pub do not let's do that, Stefan Diggs. Justin Jefferson. If the pub he don't let's more. do that. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Hold on. If we're going to lose, it'll be because Case Keenum has combined with Diggs. So, yeah, let's go with Diggs. All right. Is that a reversal? Definitely. Right, so we're going to Stefan Diggs if we can't have the defence or special teams touchdown, yeah? Yeah, I right. think so. Moving on to the 9-25 game, and bearing in mind, boys, we have got a pick and any time touchdown scorer in this one as well. Um, Dallas Cowboys at Green Bay. Tony Pollard. Yeah, there you go. Done. <laughs> I agree. I concur. All right. Yeah. Well, there's the, there's the touchdown score picked. Yeah. Uh, now we've got to preview the game. Um, oh, yeah. The Packers are rubbish. I'm not sure this is that easy to pick, though, is it? Uh, for, yeah. It is for me. Um, I, I, I don't love the Cowboys still. I, they're a bit Viking for me. I don't think they've really played anybody. I agree. Um, and, I, and I think they will. They, will they, they look to me like a team walking into the playoffs to get whacked by somebody like a 49ers team at home. They just they just look like they're walking into it. Um, I don't think they're that good, but Green Bay are absolutely awful. They 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 just put nine points on the worst defense in football, Detroit. Um, they couldn't do anything, and not only that, in that game, I think they've lost Aaron Jones. I think he's going to be out for probably up to a month. He was their offense. They've lost Romeo Dobbs, who was the only person who looked even willing to catch a ball from Aaron Rodgers, um, and they've lost Rashawn Gary for the year. He's got an ACL. Yeah. Um, that's their best offensive weapon and their best defensive player, and they were they were gashed before that. Um, the Packers are terrible. I, I agree a hundred percent. I I feel bad for their fans to an extent, even though yeah. I don't know why I would because like you know, um, the, I, the truth of the matter is I think they're dying. I think they're they're. I think their general manager has absolutely screwed the pooch. Um, I don't. I think it's Brian Murphy, is it? Who, 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 who's? Phrase. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I think Brian Murphy, who's really possibly in charge there, from from a few different accounts in the locality I've heard recently. Um, they took love. They annoyed Rogers. They've never got him a wide receiver. They traded up with the Vikings to take someone who's going to be a bust. Um, how's he not been fired? It's because they don't have owners. They have a maximum 4% share ownership. It, they're really in trouble. They've do a couple of decades of woe. Right, so Cowboys all round then, the bet, Dan? Um, I think it's just Cowboys to win. and I don't think there'll be many points in the game because I think the Cowboys will just strangle that 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 the Green Bay offence. So I think they'll, and they'll just run the ball. So I think Cowboys win and under 48 points, to me, looks looks good. Uh, right, uh, two things. We've got to move on swiftly because we're running out of time. That's the first one. The second one is, Dave, you're being far too reasonable today and it's disconcerting. It's really bothering me. So if you could, for at least the last two, be your usual, you know, narky, aggressive self, that'd be great. LA Chargers at San Francisco. Well, you haven't even asked me for my opinion on the last game. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, you cut me off. You don't let me have a view. And then you tell me I'm meant to be confrontational. Yeah. And you've responded in a perfect manner. Charges yeah. at 49ers. Dave, you go first. Go on. 
What charges are 49ers? Uh, 49ers at the moment. The charges are struggling. I don't think Herbert's fit. I don't think the head coach is uh, having too much of a great time at the moment. They've been hit by injuries on their defence as well. Um, and the 49ers basically just completely evolve their offence with, with McCaffrey there. I don't know if Debo Samuel's back this weekend, but I think he might be. Um, yeah, that leaves be. him pretty multifaceted. And I go so far as to say, I think for 49ers for a team, that Jimmy Garoppolo will potentially take to the Super Bowl game twice, which just goes to show if they have someone half decent in there, they'd probably be favourites. Yeah, the, I couldn't. I, I couldn't believe the Chargers have got a better record at the moment. So the Chargers are five and three somehow, completely yep. under the radar, I think, aren't they? And they the, started the hot. Are four and four. They did. Um, um, and they, I mean, remember they lost a few weeks ago, thirty-eight ten to the bloody Jaguars at home, and it was like they've been written off completely. And they've they've sort of, certainly brought it back around with some with some decent wins. But I think this just it looks like a terrible matchup for them. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think Keenan Allen's fit. I don't think Mike Williams is fit again. So they've got no wide receivers other than Josh Palmer. Um, I don't think Eckler will do much against this 49ers front, which looks healthier again. Uh, so Eberkam will be back this week. Uh, obviously, Nick Bose is now back and, and starting to look. He looked a lot better last week again. Um, Fred Warner's back in, in the centre of their defence. They look, they, look, they look a real dangerous team to me, the 49ers. I, I would probably put them as the second best team in the NFC for now. And I think at home, I'd expect them to beat the Chargers fairly comfortably. Uh, I can't disagree with anything you've said. So 49ers for me. Yeah, 49ers for me. And 49ers for me. Where's the value, Dan? Any bet that you uh, have picked out here? I, I think this will be quite a pointy game. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm sort of loving banging the unders at the moment. but And it's been the lowest, I think it's been the lowest scoring start to an NFL season for some time. But... I think every now and again there's been a game every week that's just exploded and I can see this being sort of a a massive, massive part. I, I could see the 49ers dropping a, a 40 bomber on somebody eventually in the next few weeks. I think it might be Sunday um, with a McCaffrey sort of field day somewhere and Debo back in the lineup and Kittle getting his touches. It, it, this could be dangerous for the Chargers. It could be really embarrassing. And when you look at a, a tight game like this and a, a potential sort of championship game, two good teams, two playoff bound teams, I look at the coaching and this is probably one of the best coaching staffs against what I've from what I've seen is probably one of the worst um and I, I don't like the matchup for the Chargers at all on that on that front uh all good uh moving on to <laughs> this will be quick the Monday, the Monday <laughs> late game I'm already giggling it's the Washington Commanders at the Philadelphia Eagles 8-0 Eagles for the first time in their franchise history Jalen Hurts playing great football in fact they're brilliant both sides of the ball against the commanders i mean who's starting us off on this one and if you're going to say anything other than landslide i'll be surprised always well that's me then because what are the points for the for the commanders in this it's 10 and a half so you could probably push it to 14 and i think you've probably got a point i i honestly think it's going to be closer than people think i taylor heineke's a gamer um we closed them out but we closed them out while they're trying to let us walk in a touchdown to go back after us. Uh, they had a 17-7 lead on us. Um, <laughs> I like the way they're playing. They seem to be playing for their quarterback. They're going into this as heavy, heavy underdogs. And I just think that divisional game, right? They're for, for, it, throw the form book out the window to an extent. With that many points going in their favour... Uh, to me, it's a no-brainer. I'll be taking the points for Washington uh, and going after the Eagles that way. 
I honestly think this is potentially the game that the Eagles lose. I think it's a, a potential banana skin game for them. Um, I think that the the, the Washington defence actually matches up quite nicely. It's possible they're going to have Chase Young back for this as a little bit of an additional bit of momentum. And yeah, for, for, for me, I think there's a game to be had here. And it's actually probably not a bad game to have on. Um, I know the commanders are a terrible mess in the background, but what's happening on the field right now with Taylor Heineke? I'm impressed. He makes them interesting, doesn't he? So he gives them a chance to win games, which I think is is good for them. Um, what they will do is they'll stop the Eagles running the ball. That's they won't allow the Eagles to run on them. I don't. I can't see the Eagles getting more than 100 yards on the ground, which will give at least the Eagles something to think about. And I think that will slow them down from a scoring point of view. And probably put it more on Jalen Hurts, and let's see. You know, let's see what happens when when he when he hasn't got that running game around him. Um, I, I think I think they'll have too much because I think they'll just strangle Heineke in the offense um, because I think their defensive front they have lost Jordan Davis. He was the guy they drafted this year. He was a brilliant run stopper. I I was hoping the Ravens would get him, um, and he yeah, went to the Eagles, and then the good, Ravens got Hamilton instead. But he's not healthy. And but I think he started off really well. And I think they missed him last week. Um, but obviously they brought um Robert Quinn in on the edge as well. So they've got some real depth on that line. I can't Heineke could 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 throw the ball. He's got a bit of five about him, hasn't he? So he, he does yeah, he tend has. to throw the ball up a bit. Um and I think it could go one or two ways. It could make the game really interesting and high scoring. It could just give the ball back to the Eagles a bit too much. And I think if they get the time of possession, the Eagles, which I think they will, I, I can't see it being um, anything other than an Eagles win. But but I think when you're talking double figure points, I think I think I'd take that. I think I'd take the points. Uh, Eagles win for me. The value is obviously in the in the points line. We've already discussed that. Yeah, I, you, I've just seen one here. It's it's over four and a half touchdowns, which is even money, which I quite like. Yeah, yeah, over four and a half. Yeah, so five uh, touchdowns in the game. I'll take that. That's pretty e- Eagles win for me. Yeah. Eagles win. And if you can get sort of over the weekend, if we can push that handicap up to sort of 12, 13, 14, take mm. it. Take the points. All right, good stuff. I think that's us all rounded up and sorted, apart from the bet that we will be putting on this week, which will be a double or a treble or a multiple or a single or a something, where we go, basically, this is your one bet of the week. Yeah. Which way have you gone? So, as it stands at the moment, with the points as the way they are, so we've, we won, we, we obviously, we said last week we got a £100 free bet courtesy of Skybet, so thanks very much for that. It's the first one we've actually landed, which was nice. Second one we've landed, which was nice. Skybet, don't So, even so. though, no, so they're, they're, in for a, they're in for trouble now, aren't they? Because we've got to go on a steamrolling run, aren't we? All the way to the Super Bowl and win a million pound. Um, so uh, we've got we've had to obviously give the hundred pound out. The free bet comes back, so our winnings was one hundred and forty four seventy three, and we're going to put that all on. We're going to go for this again, and we're going for a double. So we're going for the Seahawks plus four and a half points in the Munich game, and then over thirty four and a half points in the Cowboys Packers game. Yeah. That double pays just over even money again. So that one forty four at the moment becomes two ninety two. Let me just. I'll just. I will put it out as we put the bet on. Um, in case the line just moves a little bit, because we we also looked at the 49ers in the late game instead of the points in the Packers game. So if something funky happens in that with injuries, then we might switch it. In which case, keep an eye on Instagram and Twitter at Utterpunts UK on Instagram at Utterpunts Pod on Twitter if you want to be absolutely up to date with the bets that we're putting on 
that's the way to do it. And just as I say that, it's the two-minute warning siren, which means it's utter punts of the week nominations. Uh, Dan, why don't you go first on this one? All right, so I, I, I'm going to be fairly controversial and pick somebody that I really like, Sean McVay. Okay, so I... I Whoa! I, yeah, I know. I, I said at the start of the season... I thought the Rams might struggle because the offensive line was terrible, but I'm, I, I had confidence that he would sort it out. He hasn't. They've had a bye week, and he still hasn't fixed it. And an offensive line, yes, talent is great, but it's all about coaching. So if you've got a good coaching team, the offensive line can be coached up, whoever they are. I'm going to give you a bit of a stat about the Bucks game on Sunday. So Cooper Cup went for eight catches for 127 yards and a touchdown. Fantastic. Really good. Matthew Stafford dropped back another 19 times in that game to throw to different wide receivers. They achieved 30 yards out of those 19 dropbacks. That offense is terrible. They haven't got a running game. They haven't got an offensive line. And he's supposed to be this wonder coach that can fix it. He's not fixed it. It's too late. They're desperate to try and bring somebody in. They were desperate to try and ship their number one draft pick, Cam Akers, out. They haven't been able to. They haven't brought anybody in. They haven't done anything to fix the offensive line. And they're not going to make the playoffs as defending champions. And it's a disgrace. And you're an utter punt, Sean. Wow. I'm going to go with somebody that I've gone with previously. Mr. Jerry Jones. Jerry. Jerry, Jerry Jones. Jerry. Jerry somehow has it in his head that players don't get injured on artificial surfaces. Jerry somehow has it in his head that artificial surfaces are the way forward. Jerry somehow got it into his head that artificial surfaces are the absolute zenith of playing surfaces do you know what i say jerry i say absolute bull no the only advantage to an artificial turf is lack of maintenance it means that you don't have to have your special lights and your people on that are mowing it and your grass painters and all of that jazz you might save yourself a fortune in terms of grass maintenance costs but you're going to cost yourself a fortune when Dak Prescott's foot falls off again you're an utter punt uh, here here he, he cited <laughs> one stat from last year it's craziness um my utter punt of the week is a gentleman you might not have heard of. He's a guy, a gentleman called Steve Patrick. And the reason he's for your punt of the week <laughs> is because somehow he managed to tackle a safety who's about to break <laughs> up a pass. <laughs> Despite the fact he's actually a line judge. <laughs> um, it was uh, in the Vikings-Washington game. And to, to be fair, he apologised afterwards. And it, it was an accident. But it did look like he absolutely levelled uh, our safety. And Curtis Samuel somehow caught the ball between two other defenders uh, and managed to go through for the touchdown. Um, the truth of the matter is, Steve Patrick probably isn't the other punt of the week. Instead, I'd argue it's the NFL officials who, for some reason, do not have it in their rule book that when a referee has a material impact on a game, you don't replay the down. It's insane, all of the rules that they have, and yet that is not in there. So, effectively, if you want to rig a football game, right, just find an NFL referee who wants one final big payoff before he goes into retirement and see whether or not he'll put his own neck on the line to make a tackle on the goal line for you. Utter punts would, at this juncture, like to point out that that is not what we are suggesting has happened in the game against the Vikings last week. Instead, it's more of a 
theory of what could potentially happen <laughs> if the rule change isn't implemented that Dave would like. Please, NFL lawyers, we do not in any way suggest that that is what happened in that game last week. We've run out of time. Dave, thank you very much indeed. Pleasure. Dan, always a pleasure. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you. All right, good stuff. See you next week on Otter Punts. Don't forget, like, subscribe, share with a friend.